I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund, Chris Fetters, and intern Jack McCauley in the visiting coaches booth high above the field at Husky Stadium, where Washington defeated Hawaii 52 to 20 before an announced crowd of 67,000. 589, and uh, it was nowhere near that big, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in our podcast. Kickoff time, 432. Game time ended at 743, which means it was three hours and 11-minute game time. Temperature at kickoff, 66 degrees, and yes, there was some wind. Washington started off fast with 21 points in the first quarter, and it was good to get that uh, fast start out of the way. It was, and it was also good for... The defense to also kind of get out to a fast start a little bit because we know Hawaii can move the ball. We knew they can score. They did that a little bit later in the game, but the way Washington kind of put the hammer to them early, got a turnover early with Miles Bryant, that was big. And, uh, you know, once they got on a little bit of a roll, it certainly didn't feel like Hawaii was ever going to get back in the game. Yeah, it didn't feel like it at all. And uh, those two interceptions by Miles Bryant, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, absolute thievery. I mean, it was... One of them, he literally just ripped it out of the hands of the guy. And the other one, it, the guy and Bryant caught the ball at the same time, and he took it away. So uh, great plays by him to kind of set up. Uh, I think he set up what he set up a field goal and a touchdown. Yeah, I think there was 17 uh, points off of turnovers yeah, altogether. Yeah, so, um, you know, good overall win. Little eh, Third quarter was a little iffy. Because what did, what did Hawaii hold the ball like 13 of the 15 minutes, whatever it was in that, that quarter? But overall, I think it was an, a solid win for the Huskies. Yeah, you know, Hawaii, like you said, uh, had, a lot of, had a lot of that clock. But, you know, UW's defense really wore them down um, and made three big turnovers, two by Miles Bryant and then one by true freshman Cam Williams off a tip pass from retro freshman Kyler Gordon. And we really saw the Washington secondary take form uh, for what it was before. 52 to 20 win. That's a good win in anybody's book, but I'm sure a lot of fans are going to focus on what happened at the end of the second quarter and in the um, third quarter, where in the third quarter, time of possession was uh, Hawaii had the ball for 12 minutes, where Washington only had the ball for two minutes, 55 seconds, basically three minutes, and had a very, very difficult time uh, stopping Hawaii. And I asked Coach Peterson about it, and I mean, he just said, why is good at moving the ball? They're going to score points on anybody. But um, the defense, it was reminiscent of what we saw at the end of the game at Cal. And uh, what did you guys see up here was the issue. Were they, uh, were they playing too soft? Uh, in some instances, yeah. In some instances, they just kind of allowed Hawaii to get into a bit of a rhythm. And there were some third and short situations that they weren't able to get them out on. I mean, Hawaii was also, I think, 3-3 three of three on fourth down. So they couldn't get them off the field on fourth down as well. So... There were a few things conspiring against them. It definitely felt in the third quarter like, again, the visitors were the ones that came out with the energy and came out with the kind of the, the will and the plan to score some points, and Washington kind of was sleepwalking there for a little bit. Yeah, and that was a problem, you know, with last week in Cal, you know, even after the weather delay, there was still a halftime, and Washington, I thought, came out kind of flat, but I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't come out flat like that, especially against a team like BYU, who, where Washington has never played that well, even when they're with their best teams. They've never played very well down at BYU. they got to come out ready to go on every possession. I'm on the field. I'm watching at field level, so I get a completely different view than you guys do. But what it, I, it kind of looked like, specifically with the short passing game, I mean, once if they were getting the ball out of their hands fast, it seemed like they were getting a lot of cushion and they were able to do that pretty easily. Am I seeing it wrong down on the field? I, I do think, though, um, UW was trying to keep the ball, especially in the third quarter, just kind of in front of them, you know, 
typical of a you know an apple cup style play, letting them keep it in front of them. No big plays allowed. Um, just wanted to keep it in flat front of them. Let their linebackers uh, and DBs make plays. I didn't I didn't think they were giving too much cushion. I just I think some of the route concepts that Hawaii was running was kind of fooling some of the younger guys, things they haven't seen before. You know, the coaches always say about trusting your eyes and where things are going and everything like that. And some of these guys kind of had their eyes wander into the wrong places. And um, you could see guys get wide open. And it's like, where did that come from? He was guarded right off of the line. And it was because the slot guy didn't drop into his zone because he was covering the the slot receiver who had curled outside. So just left this gaping hole in the defense. Um, but overall, you know... I, I thought the the defensive line, while they weren't terrible, I just thought they were kind of ineffective. Um, they didn't get any. They didn't get a lot of pressure. Not. I won't say they didn't get any pressure, but they didn't get a lot of pressure. Although it is hard to get pressure on a guy who gets the ball out quickly. But the other thing is too, um, the, they were only playing uh, one outside linebacker and two middle linebackers and then Keith Taylor was almost always an outside he was lining up as an outside linebacker in a dime. Yeah, I was going to say too that um, if you listen to coach Baird in the Husky Honks pregame he said I think the stat was out of 100 passes they had only allowed three sacks so these guys this is their job their job is to pass protect because Hawaii is going to try to chuck it all over the place. The other thing, too, is that the long pass today was 22 yards. The long run today was 12 yards. So to go to Jack's point, felt like kind of a bend but don't break type situation. We got an indication right off the bat, the first play, when Hawaii got the ball of what kind of game we were in for with UC Trent McDuffie, the first-year freshman corner, uh, lined up out wide right and seven DBs on the on the field at the same time. They started the game with the dime package, and, boy, they were in dime and nickel. Were they in dime more than nickel, Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were. I would say they. What dime is, by the way? Well, it just means it's seven. And I don't know. I'm assuming they call it dime because they call it nickel, and so one more than that is is a dime. So, um, but it's basically seven defensive backs. Who are the defensive backs? So the ones that were lined up were Kyler Gordon and uh, Trent McDuffie out wide, uh, Elijah Molden in the slot. The two safeties were um, Cam Williams and Miles Bryant, and then. Keith Taylor was either lining up over a slot, depending on if they had double uh, or they had doubles to either side, or as I'm doing all my hand signals, or he's playing. He was playing outside linebacker. I could swear I saw him with eight DBs out there with Brandon McKinney in that lineup too. Uh, I don't think so. I think he took yeah. the spot of one of the corners. Yeah. I thought he either took the spot of one of the corners or maybe even rotated out with. Um, Cam Williams. Cam Williams might have been the other one too. I do. I do remember, or at least to my recollection, there were. I think there were a few times where maybe they had as many as seven DBs in there, but it was very selective. Just like when they Hawaii started driving. By the way, I said seven. I meant six. Right, six, but I think six, I, I'm thinking they, they may have had some situations where they had as many as seven. I will say too that once Hawaii started driving and they started getting in the red zone, they went back to their base nickel. So they, they had two defensive linemen and two outside linebackers. Didn't really help much, though. They scored, they scored touchdowns every time they were in the red zone. Real quick, is anyone surprised that, I, as good as I think Trent McDuffie is, were you a little surprised it was him instead of Dominique Hampton on that other side? Well, Hampton played a bunch. So. I know he did, but to get the start. Yeah, a little bit, but by the same token, we, we know how 
highly rated Trent McDuffie was. We know the kind of program he came out of down in Southern California. I mean, he had the pedigree for it, and uh, the stage certainly didn't look too big for him today. I'll tell you why I'm not surprised. Because of the size of Hawaii's wide receiver. They're small guys. You know, Dominic's that big guy, and they got Keith Taylor in there. He's a big guy, and, uh, you know... um, you know, Keith is borderline size for a safety, so is Dominic Hampton. So by putting Trent McDuffie, who's a lot, um, I say he's a better athlete because he's a quicker quicker twitch athlete than Dominique. And those wide receivers were 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, None of them were over six foot. They, they were small mouse guys. So um, I think that's why. And I think if they would have had a couple of bigger receivers and running this offense, then you may have seen Dominic Hampton out there. Okay. Yeah. That was, all, that was my question. All right, I answered it. I could not. I, I could be wrong, though. Uh, just real quick, looking down the stat sheet, some of the things that really jump out. Um, uh, net yards rushing, uh, Hawaii with 141, Washington with 190. Net yards passing, 254 by Hawaii and uh, 260 for Washington. Total offensive yards, 395 for Hawaii, 450 for Washington. And one of the stats that really jumps out to me is total offensive plays. Washington with 57, Hawaii 81, but uh, Washington had some splash big plays, at, you know, getting in and off the field real quick. Um, interceptions, Washington with three interceptions. One by uh, Cam Williams, two by Miles Bryant. Time of possession for the game, uh, 35-29 for Hawaii, 24-31. But you look in that third quarter where Hawaii was on the field, it seems like the whole quarter. 13 minutes, I think. 12-05 versus 2.55. Uh, an, a- an area that I'm sure is going to be another emphasis. And they haven't been really good on third down conversions, you know, holding the opposition. Hawaii was... Um, 7 of 16 on third down conversions. Washington was 4 of 8. Um, getting back into the individual statistics, uh, Kate Cole McDonald, 22 of 35 with three interceptions for 218 yards. Uh, Savon, this is a real, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but uh, when you look at the rushing attack, the ball carriers, Savon Ahmed, Sean McGrew, and Richard Newton all had eight carries. That's spreading the ball around. Ahmed with 83 yards. McGrew, uh, 63 yards. Richard Newton with 29. Jacob Eason, I thought, had a real efficient game. 18 for 25 for 262. Three touchdowns. He had one sack, but the long of 47 to Hunter Bryant early in the game. Also, when you take a look at spreading the ball around, Hunter Bryant, Aaron Fuller, um, both had five. Uh, Hunter Bryant, five for 115. Aaron Fuller, five for 85. Andre Pichel, 55. 55. Uh, leading tackler, Keith Taylor with nine. Kyler Gordon with nine. I thought Kyler Gordon had a real bounce, real good bounce back game, by the way. I think he did, and I think we also have to say that knowing that Hawaii continued to target him just like Cal did. Yeah. One other thing with Jacob Eason um, out there, I talked to him a little bit um, after the game. He... They practice in this, these weather conditions all the time, but I'm not sure people up in the press box or up in the stands got an idea of what it was down, what it was like down on the field. Um, I swear to God, the wind was coming in both sides of my ears. It was swirling, it's swirling so bad, so it makes it a little bit difficult to throw the ball. You know that's why Hawaii's uh, passing game was so effective. But I thought Jacob Eason had a really nice game too. Uh, you're, you weren't going to see it because of your vantage point, but there are a couple missed long plays from Jacob Eason that wide open guys and he just absolutely missed him there was was it two to fuller that were right down the middle and then Chico McClatcher was open on that long one I think he missed Pacelli once too yeah yeah and when we say miss he didn't even throw the ball yeah just didn't even see him yeah now granted the Chico McClatcher one he ended up throwing it late and then Chico had to go up and almost play a defensive back role 
in it. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, I'm wondering, I, <clears throat> no way we're ever going to get the answer to this, but I wonder if in the film room they're going to go, what, did you just not see him? What was the deal? And I think it may have something to do with the way Eason is wired because we've seen this in spring practice and in fall practice with Hayner and Eason. You know, Hayner was willing to take a lot of risks and Eason wasn't willing to throw the ball in there as much as Hayner was. And he'd rather dump the ball down or, you know, scramble a little bit, but he hasn't come across to me as a guy who's willing to take as many risks and maybe he felt as though he couldn't make that with the wind or his angle or his footwork or something but that's what I'm seeing out of Easton. The, the thing that I'm kind of wondering and again having seen Jacob throw the ball since he was a sophomore at Lake Stevens I'm kind of wondering if this is just something with his arm talent because it's so unique he has the ability to maybe wait a little bit longer than others would because he can he can fit it even if he's a little late. And so I'm wondering if he if that sometimes is something he leans on because of the reason why you've talked about him, the fact that he doesn't want to throw picks because he wants to be able to make sure that when the guy's open, he doesn't have to necessarily throw him open. He's open, and he can just absolutely launch it. What's the number one thing you have to do to play quarterback for Chris Peterson? You have to be a good decision maker. Making bad decisions is the one thing that just makes uh, Chris Peterson nuts. And I'm not seeing you know um, him making a lot of bad decisions. But, but not making a decision yeah. defaults to not to being a bad decision at times too. So. Right, because you, you you've got to you've got to you know the plays there. If it's there to be made, you want him to be decisive and you want him to be seeing things correctly. I think that's the most important thing. If for some reason the defense and the coverages are fooling him a little bit and disguising what they're doing. That's something that they have to figure out. I again, like Scott said, I don't think we'll ever get a full answer as to why he didn't. And I don't know if it's because his eyes were he was second guessing his eyes, or just has kind of the the natural inclination to hold it a little bit longer because he knows he can fit it in in situations where a lot of the quarterbacks just can't do it. And we saw that today. In one of them was a drop by Hunter Bryant. It was, he threw it into like double, maybe even triple coverage. Perfect throw, you know, threw it in hot, blazing, but went right off Hunter's tips, and it would have been a first down. And even on a screen pass, threw a little high, made a bad, made a poor throw to, I think, Pacelli. Yeah. But definitely waits a little bit too long because he knows he has that talent. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? One love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Richard Newton had eight carries for uh, 29 yards, I believe it was. That doesn't tell the story. He had three touchdowns, and it just seemed like the yardage he got, those 29 yards, they were important yards, and they meant a lot. Yeah. Well, if, if there was a Pac-12 fantasy league, I think Richard Newton would get picked up by a lot of people well, today. I, I was saying, in, in fantasy, people, if they're playing college fantasy, they're pissed. Because they had Savon Ahmed, and and he runs them all the way down inside the five, and then Richard Newton gets the carries. So. He's the Mark Ingram yeah. of the Alvin Kamara back in back in the Saints days. Yeah, no, that's it, like I said, it's there's no question, Kim. It, those were important yards. Um, it was a little unfortunate that they didn't capitalize on the one red zone opportunity that they didn't score a touchdown, where they ended up having to have a field goal. But that, you know, due to a holding and some other things, because, you know, again, he needs to understand that it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to hand the ball off. 
He's so he, you know, again, he's brand new into this wildcat type stuff too, I'm sure. And but he did play quarterback in high school. So I don't remember if he was doing any read option or anything like that. We'll have to find out a little bit more once we actually get a chance to talk to Richard Newton at some point this season. But um, I think it would be interesting to see how much those guys get coached up to possibly hand the ball off as opposed to taking the Wildcat. We saw someone in motion, I believe it was Bacelli, and Bacelli, if he would have handed the ball off to Bacelli, it would have been a clear touchdown, but he chose to keep it, and then defense knew it was coming and got stuffed. Where that could have been, I think that's the same drive you're talking about where they had the field goal, could have been a touchdown. Yeah, and... um Running real physical. I mean, just running really, really hard. And the thing that makes that even more impressive, he's got a pretty good-sized brace on his left shoulder, and he's still running hard. So um, also waiting for him uh, because it just seemed like they're putting Jacob Eason out there wide, and the minute uh, Newton gets the ball, the guy is leaving um, Jacob Eason alone. Uh, you know, I was asked Bush Hamden, you're looking for that big wide receiver in the Wildcat. You got that six six guy out there, and he started laughing. He goes, "Yeah, but uh, I, I expect at some point this season, Jacob Eason's going to be thrown a pass. He was thrown a pass at Georgia, by the way. But again, that that's that the, the, that's that's predicated. You have to. It's predicated on the idea that Richard Newton will actually give the ball up to somebody at some point. We'll ask. We'll ask Coach Bonifa about that. You'll yeah. probably just laugh it off. I mean, so. I mean, common sense would dictate that you would think it's not just a read handoff. You know, you would think that his idea is he's literally reading the play, and so he has the option to hand the ball off if you want. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe we're. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and maybe it's wildcat and it's give all the way, and that's strictly some some French pastry to like misdirect the defense. I have no idea. Yeah, wide receivers were under a lot of criticism this week with the drop balls. Hunter Bryant had one. Um, Andre Bocelli had had one that was an absolute drop. There was another one that was a really high throw that you just kind of talked about. But, yeah, uh, I thought overall it was a good night. Um, even Hunter's drop, I mean, that's a tough catch. He still should catch it, but that's a tough catch. But overall, I mean, guys were catching balls. They weren't double catching them either. either. They were catching them cleanly. Um, the one that was to Fuller that went for a touchdown, but they called it an incomplete pass. Was I? I didn't actually watch that play live. Was that more of a short throw? Short, short looked like yeah. it hit the ground more. I thought Fuller may have even gotten under it, but it was just a but short. But it wasn't a drop. It wasn't a drop. No, it, it was. It was. It hit one of those throws where it bounces on the turf and kind of. Come, that's what I'm sure the officials saw. Yeah, that's why from my angle I couldn't tell if it was a lateral or not. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously okay. it was a forward pass. That's why they called it incomplete. Just some participation notes, uh, just on the sidelines. Jacob Bandis uh, did not suit. He was uh, limping pretty well. Um, the guys that we saw have some action today, Trent McDuffie, of course, uh, starting out at uh, corner. Uh, I'm sure he's going to not redshirt. Um, Sa'ama Pa'ama got in for his first fl- uh, playing time. Uh, he's got three more games to go. Also saw um, Fatui Tuatele get out on the field, so that's two games that he's been in on. Um, Turner. Asa Turner uh, played today. Is that his second game that he's played? I think so, yeah. Second or third. I yeah. thought he may have played against Cal. If yeah. he played against Cal, then that would be three. Yeah, so I'm sure that he's not going to be sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting for a red shirt. 
Um, Zion, finish his name for me. Tupuola Fatui. Yeah, um, it looks like he played as well. Uh, we saw Draco Bynum out there. Um, Alfonso well. Tupatala played, so that's his yeah. second game that I'm aware of. Yeah, so, you know, just something to keep an eye on, you know, you know next week. I was going to say, one guy that was that did not play, that played a bunch just, uh, last week, was Leatu Latu. And he was dressed, but didn't play. So I don't know if that was just simply resting him. We know that he got taken. He got taken in a locker room uh, last game. So we'll see I what think happens. It might have also had something to do with they're only playing one defensive or not defensive end, uh, one outside linebacker, true outside linebacker right. at a time because you saw. I don't even remember seeing Rice out there in the regular rotation. I saw. I saw Nata, I saw Bowman, and I saw Tryon, and I don't remember seeing anyone else. Yeah, that's probably pretty much true. So, uh, final thoughts, Chris Fetters? Just that uh, overall great game. Um, I know once Puka Nakua catches that touchdown, his very first touch as a Husky, the, the questions are going to continue to be asked. Why, why is he not playing more? Why is he not getting more targets? Jacob Eason said he wasn't even, that wasn't even his first uh, uh, first look that he was the second or third guy in that route concept. So, you know, Peterson talked about it a little bit, you know, saying that, that he's going to continue to get better. What have you, I will say this next games in Utah, where's Puka Nakua from? He's playing. <laughs> yeah. Puka Nakua is going to play. And I think he could feature a little bit against BYU. I just have a feeling these things, these storylines just kind of don't make up themselves. Scott Eklund, final thoughts. Uh, well, I want to add to Chris's thing on, on the Puka Nakua touchdown. If you watch the replay, uh, Terrell Bynum is an easy 10 yard pass. And the guy runs in for the touchdown. I, it was like, he determined when he stood up there that, Puka was going to be the guy he ended up throwing to. That it was almost like that. So, uh, but getting back to my final thoughts, I I thought, you know, for the most part, it was a nice bounce back. There wasn't a drag. There wasn't a, what? What did we talk about? The that the team probably didn't have a hangover, but the fan base did. Um, I don't think the team showed any ill ill effects from the game last week against Cal. I don't. I thought they came out focused and ready to go. I thought the game plan was pretty good for the most part. You know, there's a couple things, but. Overall, good win. Now they go on the road, and and <laughs> I'll tell you what, I I was scared, not scared, but I was I was worried about this BYU game, and now proof is in the pudding, man. These guys' first road test of the season. Final thoughts, Jack McCauley. I think seeing that three-headed monster back in the backfield uh, with Savon Ahmed, McGrew, and Newton all getting eight carries, uh, using Savon more. Down the field, first, second downs, you know, getting him in space. Even between the tackles, we saw him break one off over 42. Um, Sean McGrew during more of the short yardage, dirty work, third down stuff. And then Richard Newton, man, uh, in the end zone, uh, red zone. They found an answer down there, it looked like, um, which they desperately needed after last week. So I think it's good to see three talented running backs balance out Eason's arm, which could really cause problems in the future if they're able to get if they're really able to keep this offense trending. And for those fans who seem to be upset and angry about this game and just focusing on the negatives, put down the uh, brown stuff, put down the tequila, turn de- put away the angry stuff. 
you have yourself a nice glass of red wine. Enjoy the win, 52 to 20. Also, you know, 67,000 people. Now, I mean, there was probably 15,000, 18,000 no-shows. And, you know, I know Jen McCohen was a little bit disappointed. So they've got some stuff to try to figure out. I don't know if you saw the things that Alabama was doing to keep the students there where, you know, they have an app and they check in and they check out and they get bonus points uh, for staying for the entire game. The longer they stay, the more bonus points, the more bonus points, the um, better chance that you will have to get the uh, highly sought after games, not only in football, but basketball. So uh, I'm sure Jen will look into something like that. But uh, no, good game. We were a little bit worried because we were looking at the weather and a little bit worried. No, I was going to say, for all the, the crap that Mother Nature put on everybody last week, at least Mother Nature had the, the, the decency to like oh, keep she, the rain away until after the game. Oh, she wasn't decent at all because she was teasing us and tormenting us because we got spit on a little bit, just teasing us a little bit. And that wind and just the way it felt down there, it felt like something bad was going to happen That's at any time. I'm sure is a wind tunnel. Yes. <laughs> she was still messing with us today. She was messing with us, trust me, today. Uh, happy with the, what Jacob Eason did. I thought Sean McGrew had a really good game. and That's nothing but a confidence booster with his quick feet out there. Hunter Bryant proved why a lot of people are talking about him as a you know NFL guy and um, Utah, uh, you know, uh, playing in Provo against BYU at elevation. It's going to be a real test for on this grass. team. On grass, the Huskies don't play well on grass. So yeah, I'm telling you right now, you know, just the Utah fan base. There may be a lot of Mormons down there, but boy, I'll tell you. Last time I was down there, those were some of the foul mouth, angriest fans I had seen in a long, long time. It's going to be a tough road trip down there. So uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. We will get you set up, subject line newsletter. We'll be on Sports Radio 950 KJR Wednesday night. Usually we're going to start right around 620. Softy wants to get out of there a little early, so we go ahead and take care of that. And just one more thing, we all here at dogman.com work really, really Really hard. Tell your friends to come on out, and if they think that they're a hardcore fan, if they're not subscribing to Dogman.com, give them a hard time. Tell them they're not that good of fans if they're not subscribing. We do a lot of really good stuff. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinolds with Jack McCauley, Scott Eklund, Chris Svetters. Go dogs. <laughs>